0: Maxwell House Coffee presents Good News of 1939. The The makers of Maxwell House Coffee present 60 star-studded minutes filled with Christmas cheer and holiday spirit from the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Studios in Hollywood. Tonight, you will hear Robert Taylor, Rita Johnson, Fanny Bright with Hanley Stafford, Frank Morgan, Tony Martin, and Meredith Wilson. Here is your host for this evening, Robert Young. Thank you, Warren. Meredith Wilson and the orchestra get our show underway with a musical tribute, to one of the sweetest and best loved stars on the MGM lot Eleanor Powell he calls it here's to Eleanor and in it you will find Rosalie my lucky star and from her newest picture the title song Honolulu <laughs> Let me da I just walked into my dressing room, and I saw all the swell presents you fellas got for me, and, gee, I I don't know what to say. All right, all right, Tony. That's okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Say, Mary. Sure. How did you know that was just what I wanted? I'm psychic. Uh, A suit of long underwear. Fits me like a glove. (laughs) Say, Tony, uh, did you like the hot water bag I gave you? Oh, Bob, just my color. Oh, fine. (laughs) Gee, fellas, you know I wanted to reciprocate and everything. Oh, no, Tony. Don't think think anything. Oh, really? Fellas, I'm... (laughs) I really mean it. I've been terribly busy, but I finally found time to do a little shopping after all, and I just couldn't get a thing. Well, why not? The dime store was too crowded. (laughs) All right, Santa Claus, I think you better sing. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Martin sings a new arrangement of one of Raymond Scott's early compositions, Christmas Night in Harlem.
1: Christmas in Singapore, rung bells in Ecuador. I've seen the gay streets and play streets of every shore. Each town has some stay out late white way, some not so great white way. They're only thin types of thin types of Harlem way. Under a sky of electric lights they sway. There's where they dance all their hectic nights away. Take London Strand and the Paris de la Pay. But give me Harlem. Give me Harlem Where every gal
0: strutting with her bow Through the streets covered white with snow Happy smiles everywhere you go
1: It's Christmas night in Harlem Black and tan feeling mighty good In that old colored neighborhood Here and now be it understood It's Christmas night in Harlem Everyone is going to sit up until after three Everyone will be all lit up like a Christmas tree. Come on now, every cold black Joe, greet your sweet niece the mistletoe with a kiss and a hidey-ho.
0: It's Christmas night in Harlem. Hallelujah!
2: Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah!
0: Joe, preach
1: the sweet niece the mistletoe. With
2: a and a it's Christmas
0: time in Harlem town. and <laughs> <laughs> ah, And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks. <laughs> Daddy, played by Hanley Stafford, is taking Snooks down to a department store to see Santa Claus. As he leads her into the store, Daddy is full of happiness and the Christmas spirit. Listen. Oh, Snooks. Stop dragging along behind. You want to get lost?
3: Oh, look it.
0: Come on, let's get in the store. Talk to Santa and make it quick so we can go home. I feed her.
3: I want to look in the window, Daddy. Oh,
0: never mind the window. There's plenty of... Gee. Look at that wonderful erector set. And that electric train. Hey, it whistles. <laughs> well, well. Daddy. <laughs> what?
3: There's Uncle Louie with a fur coat on.
0: Oh, where's Uncle Louie?
3: There he is, climbing up the ladder.
0: That's a mechanical monkey. <laughs> Uncle Louie. I want it. Well, you can't have it. It's too big. Now, what else do you want?
3: I'm me a drum.
0: Oh, Snokes, you don't want a drum. Yes,
3: I do. But if
0: I get your drum, you'll keep disturbing me while I'm working.
3: No, I won't. I'll only drum while you're
0: sleeping. <laughs> the drum is out. Now, get something sensible. Like a dollhouse or, uh, or, uh, that wonderful electric train.
3: <laughs> Boy,
0: is that terrific. you want it, Daddy? Do I? <laughs> I mean, uh, what do I want with toys? Now, don't be silly. Now, hurry up. Make up your mind, and we'll go in and see Santa Claus. Is
2: <laughs>
0: Yes. Do you know what you're going to ask him for? Uh-huh. Are you sure? Uh-huh. What? Well, I'll tell you. Ask him to bring you a dollhouse. Why? Because I've already bought it. I—that's uh, the best toy for you? I don't
3: want a dollhouse.
0: Well, what do you want?
3: I want a live pony.
0: Oh, you can't have a live pony. You've got to ask Santa for a dollhouse.
3: All right.
0: Now, don't make any trouble for me when we get in there.
3: I won't, Daddy.
0: We'd better have a little rehearsal. I want to make sure you'll ask him for the right thing. Now, I'll be Santa Claus, and you come up to me.
3: Aha! Uh-huh. Merry Christmas, little girl. And <laughs> to you, Daddy. No, no.
0: Say Merry Christmas to Santa Claus.
3: Where is he?
0: Inside the store.
3: I want you like, to say it out here.
0: Because I'm Santa Claus.
3: Where's your beard? I haven't got
0: a beard. I'm just pretending. Now, when you see Santa, I want you to ask him for a dollhouse. Now, let's try it again.
3: All right. Now, here we go. Where are we going? Nowhere. Ah? <laughs> uh? Now
0: let's try it. Aha! Merry Christmas, little girl.
3: I want a live pony.
0: I told you to ask for a dollhouse.
3: I don't want a dollhouse.
0: Just the same, you've got to say I want a dollhouse. Why?
3: Say I want a dollhouse. Ah, Merry Christmas, little girl. What do you want? Yeah, you want a dollhouse. What? But I want a live pony.
0: Allison, sir, if you don't ask him for a dollhouse, I won't take you in there. Are you going to behave? Uh-huh. All right, let's go in. All right. Now, that's it. Now, come on over and talk to her. Now, go ahead. Oh,
3: Santa boy.
0: Well, well, Merry Christmas, little girl. Merry Christmas. Well, you're just about the nicest, sweetest little girl I've ever seen. Come over close to Santa. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you crying about?
2: He's got it.
0: Oh, look out. What have you done? No! you give Santa Batch his beard. Come on, let's get out of here. <laughs> what kind of a kid is that, anyway? You ought to give her a
3: sound. Bang, well, and... now, you've annoyed
0: Santa Claus. I guess that'll fix you for Christmas. Why? Because he won't bring you any presents.
3: Mom, I'll buy some. I've got 40 cents. Oh, you have? Uh-huh. I saved it out to buy a present for you and Mommy. What, Why,
0: Snooks, that's very sweet of you, dear.
3: I'm going to buy you a silk bathrobe. Oh, yes? And I'm going to buy Mama a great big diamond ring.
0: Well, listen, Snooks, (laughs) I think you'll need a little more money if you're going to buy all that. Give me the 40 cents. Here, Daddy. And here's a brand new $10 bill for you.
3: What shall I buy you, Daddy?
0: I leave it entirely up to you. Let's walk around the counter. Oh,
3: Look at all those nice things. Ain't it wonderful? Hello, little boy. what's your name? Tony, what's your name? Put in That's Ask me, Dad. I'll tell you the same. <laughs> oh,
0: Snooks, be polite and tell the little boy your name.
3: My name is Snooks, and you got a big hole in your pants. No. Well, I know it. <laughs> the patch ain't the same color. <laughs> that ain't a patch. That's me. Where's your daddy? I ain't got no daddy. Why? Oh, I don't know. I took him away last year in an ambulance. Mother says he ain't coming back.
0: Oh. You look cold, honey.
3: No, I ain't cold. I'm going home soon. When? Soon as I sell the rest of my papers. Why are you selling papers? Well, I got 18 cents already. If I get another seven cents, I can buy something from my mother.
0: Hmm. Uh, what, uh, what did you figure on buying, something?
4: Well, I kind of wanted to get her that nice, soft, fur coat, but the man said it cost too much. Well, it gets awful cold most of the time. I guess I can buy her a turkey, though. A turkey? Uh Uh-huh. We ain't had turkey for, well, for an awful long time. Yeah, but she'd love a turkey. ain't.
3: Yes, dear? I want to whip something
2: to you. Yes, dear?
3: What is it? You
2: don't need no Christmas present, do you? I, uh, I think I can do without it this year.
3: All right. Here, Tony. Buy something for your mommy. Ten dollars? Oh, gee, I can't take this. Jackie yes, you can't. Hand Dad. Why,
1: of
0: course.
3: If, is it all right, mister?
0: If my little girl wishes you to have it, that's fine with me.
3: Gee, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye, little Merry boy. Christmas. Nice <laughs> like her, <your> boy. Well, <laughs> Snooks, I...
0: I don't know what to say. You really are a wonderful child.
3: You love me,
0: Daddy? Snooks, I love you an awful lot. When you're good.
3: Daddy. Yes? I love you eating when you're <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: come on. Let's go home, baby. This is the happiest Christmas of my life.
3: <laughs> Daddy. What is it? You know what? What, Snook? I bet that little boy thought I was miss Snooks.
0: Snooks. In the MGM Concert Hall tonight, Meredith Wilson presents the true story of a melody that is better known than that of any Beethoven symphony, or of any song in the Hit Parade, or or of any folk song that I can think of. But I'm sure there are very few of you who can tell the name of the man who composed it. His name was Franz Gruber was born in a little town in Upper Austria almost 150 years ago. His father was a poor linen weaver. So although Franz was interested in music almost from the time he was a baby, there was little money available for study. But Franz Hrubert was a boy of talent as well as determination. At home, beside his bed, he built into the wall a series of little blocks about the size of the keys of an organ. And there he practiced. One Sunday, the regular church organist having been taken suddenly ill, the boy Franz, only 12 years old, leaped to the organ bench and played the entire service of high mass from memory. It was just 10 years later in the year 1818, when he was only 22 years old, that the young man made his deathless contribution to music. The parish priest, a man named Joseph Moore, burst into Gruber's house on Christmas Eve with a poem he had just completed. The priest read the verses to his friend and suggested that Franz supply a melody to accompany them for the Christmas services in the church the next day. Within an hour, Franz Gruber had conceived and finished his masterpiece. It was played and sung in the church at Oberndorf next day without altering a note and made a profound impression on the Christmas worshippers. However, only 50 years after it was written, all record of the melody's authorship had been lost. A discussion of its origin, which accidentally took place in the presence of the composer's 12-year-old son, led to the discovery that it was not a folk song, but the composition of Franz Gruber. And so let us enjoy it again, as Meredith plays it. And let us be thankful not only for Christmas, but also a little for the obscure and modest Franz Gruber who wrote, Silent Night, Holy Night. Warren, a couple of weeks ago, you made the statement that women could easily win their husband's praise by changing to the new Maxwell House coffee. Well, at a dinner party last night, one fellow doubted it. He said a man wouldn't notice any difference in the coffee, and even if he did, he wouldn't thank his wife. I hope you stood up for me. Certainly I did. After the argument settled down a little bit, our hostess took us in the kitchen and we made two cups of coffee. One out of Maxwell House and the other one out of another well-known brand. And the fellow who started all the trouble had to admit the difference. But he still wouldn't admit women are interested in trying new things to please their husbands. Bob, your friend must be a bachelor. He's too cynical. No smart wife would ever pass up the opportunity of giving her husband a better tasting cup of coffee. Anyway, thanks for defending my honor so nobly and so well. Now, as a matter of fact, folks, millions of wives have already earned their husbands thanks by serving the new Maxwell House coffee. We believe this is due to two important improvements. First, Joel Cheek's original blend, which made so many friends for Maxwell House, has been still further enriched. Today, this superb blend is smoother and far more mellow than any coffee you've probably ever tried before. Second, the new radiant roast process roasts each bean all the way through, as evenly inside as out. It brings out more of the true flavor of the coffee. There's no weak coffee due to under-roasting, no bitter coffee due to parching. So tomorrow ask your grocer for a pound of the new Maxwell House coffee. It comes in the same blue super vacuum can you've always known. You'll delight in coffee that's richer and smoother, with more downright satisfaction than ever. Now, more than ever, this is coffee that's good to the last drop.
2: What's all excitement about Why Quiet, for heaven's sake.
0: My dear sir, I don't care what the Archduke told you. I don't like the suit and I won't pay for it. Good day. Well, what's the matter, Frank? What's the matter? Look what my imbecilic tailor sold me for a Tyrolean suit. Oh, for the (laughs) (laughs)
2: love,
0: Frank, uh, uh, where's the rest of it? My boy, you're so provincial, it's refreshing. The whole Tyrolean costume is historic. The blouse in memory of the Swiss patriot, William Tell. The cross-leather braces, part of the uniform of the ancient Swiss regiment, Mm. Les Chasseurs. The green half-hose, a relic from the Saxon peasants. And the green twill shorts, a remnant from saxe Harold Square. Well, the hat's no slouch either. Well, of course, you understand it takes quite a fine figure of a man to wear such a revealing outfit. (laughs) Yes, I uh, was just thinking. Uh, Who pumps up your knees, Frank? (laughs) I. Young, you're just jealous. In Switzerland, bare knees are de rigueur. Yeah. All right, pretty pants. Why are you wearing this outfit? Well, I'm wearing it in honor of my paternal great-grandfather on my mother's side, a Swiss watchman. Your great-grandfather made watches? Oh, just the cases. My, uh, my great-grandmother gave him the works. Oh. <laughs> All of my ancestors came from the Tyrol, and of course I spent my own boyhood conquering the peaks of Switzerland. Mountain climbing now? Yes. You couldn't climb an anthill, Mr. Morgan. Alpenstock Morgan, sir. <laughs> In Switzerland, I was known as the craftiest creeper that ever crawled under a cravat. Cranberries. Young, it might interest you to know that I have climbed every important peak not only in Europe, but also in America. I'm the only man alive who ever scaled the front of Indian Head Bluff in Colorado. Never heard of it. Only 80,000 feet high, that's all. 80, Just about four inches less than Mount Everest. But I climbed Indian Head Bluff in 27 minutes flat, wearing only shorts and a tennis shoes. What a climb. What a bluff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but the real mountain climbing uh, pardon, is Frank, really... Uh, in... Frank, did I hear you say you'd been in Switzerland? You heard me. The real mountain uh, climbing... May I is... ask you... Go away. Bob, how do you find Meredith these days? Oh, I just pushed back his hair and there he is.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You'll soon be ready for cafe work. Oh. Uh, <laughs> where was I? I... In Switzerland, Good. Camembert. Oh. Yeah, Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, mountains. geez, mom. Uh, Samarit. Uh, Samarit. Uh, right, oh, those golden days and nights in Samarit. I always stayed at the exclusive Hotel Bet Noir, favorite resort of Continental Society, where the rooms are $100 and $200 a day. Well, what's the difference? Well, the $200 rooms had mousetraps. When, uh, when I last visited the hotel, my suite overlooked... Frank, about... uh, could I ask you... Go away! My sweet overlooked the ice arena. <laughs> the most beautiful rink in all Europe. 80 feet in diameter, perfect circle of crystal clear ice. I couldn't resist the temptation. What temptation was that, Frank? Well, to revisit the scene of my triumph in the Olympics in 1912. When I was the idol of the crowds, the pet of the photographers... Frank! The... Yes. You were an Olympic champion? A thousand times a champion, my oh. boy. I won the speed skating, slow skating, figure skating, and cheap skating. i <laughs> In skiing, I won the downhill slalom and the uphill glide. But you should me, uh, see me on a sled, Bob. A sled? Oh. You slay me. <laughs> I won the four-man and two-man bobsled. Now, listen here, Frank. I what? want to ask you a question, darn it! Go away! No, darn it. Why? You've been in Switzerland, and you can tell me. All right, anything from Switzerland. What is it, Meredith? Do I look like a St. Bernard? <laughs> Do you mind if I answer that question? Well, uh, pray do. Go away, Meredith. Darn it. I won't go away. No. I know a mountain climbing joke. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, you want to hear an alp calling to its mate? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, Cliff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. This is
0: no place for me, Bob. I'm going home. I can't... Now, wait to... a minute, ski ball What? I want to hear some more of that mountain lion. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Well, I'll never forget the first time I skated on the rink at the Betenoir, my European debut. Mm-hmm. With studied carelessness, not appearing to notice the crowd, I described a series of sparkling glissandos. Then, pretending to flick an imaginary snow crystal from my skate, I pirouetted on one toe, a flashing human gyroscope, till the crowd burst into spontaneous cheers. That got him, huh? <gasps> Bob, I can hear it now—the ringing of their cheers mingling with the notes of a church bell far across the valley where the peasants were celebrating the old Swiss festival of (laughs) Kirschnissen-Sontag. What's that? Walnut Sunday. I'll have a cherry coat. Small or large? Large, no ice. Coming up, returning to the rink for an encore, I threw caution to the winds, I skated faster and faster. Even the musicians were infected by the mad gaiety of my whirling, dashing performance. I finished off with a series of precision kinsikas that sent the audience into hysteria. The ladies waved their toques and shook their astrakhan. I mean those have that had a... them. You must have been a sensation. Yes, the next day they put ice in the rink. Well, I've got to be going Oh, no, no, here's my tailor again. I won't pay for this suit, my man. In the first place, you haven't caught the spirit of the Tyrol. And in the second place, the pants don't fit. That's not the only place they don't fit. <laughs> well, I'll make them any way you want, Mr. Morgan. I can uh-huh. make them smaller, larger. Now we can. take I haven't of... got time now. You've got. to... Oh, well, his... uh, look, I have my tools right with me. I can do oh. it right now. Just take a minute. Oh, your tools. You got ought you. to be good. Here, yeah, just a minute. A little hand, hand tailoring, tailoring on the air. air. <laughs> yes. Well, now, just a minute. Come here, young. Hey, what are you going to do? Well, I tell hey, wait you, a I think that these all. Oh, to be cut it out. As a matter of fact. Somebody stop this. madman. <laughs> hey, he's cutting my pants oh, off. Pay oh, oh, now, why? I, oh, I, oh, oh. I don't believe that'll do all. it all. That's be. a fine thing. They'll, uh, hey. Well, uh, will have to be at Frank. least. at least. This Couldn't you time time. wait to get home to do this? <laughs> well, that isn't bad. Now, that looks pretty fine. Well, I'll bring it back to you Monday, then. Oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> Frank, I. <laughs> I'm awfully embarrassed. I don't know how to get off. Oh, well, uh, just follow me off, Bob. Right. I'll... Well, ladies and gentlemen, Bob Young has gone out to borrow another pair of pants. But I notice it's about time for our old Thursday evening custom. You know, at this happy season of the year, the holiday mood is everywhere. You can see it on the faces of the children and the actions of your neighbors. Everyone is thinking about the nice things they can do for others, and how they can bring more pleasure to their friends, how they can make this holiday truly one of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And at this joyous Christmas season, we too are happy, for Maxwell House is bringing more pleasure to more firesides than ever before. And now, won't you join us in our moment of relaxation? A steaming, fragrant cup of Maxwell House Coffee. Here's yours and yours. Sugar? Cream? We pause briefly for station identification. This is KFI Los Angeles. Warren Hull again, and we continue our Maxwell House Good News Show. I don't how
2: from the no, please don't disappoint me.
0: Bob Young again with a new pair of pants. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as a special pre Christmas treat, Maxwell House presents Baby Snooks reciting The Owl and the Pussycat by Edward Lear. Bring her on, Daddy. All right, Snooks. Go on. Don't be nervous.
3: Oh, Daddy.
0: Wait a minute. Let me straighten your dress.
3: Yeah. Ah. <clears throat> What's the matter? I ain't
0: got no hanky-dashy. Oh, wait. I'll blow your nose. Come on now, blow. (laughs) (laughs) Are you all set? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, go ahead.
3: The Owl on the Pussycat by Edward (laughs) Uh Lear. (laughs) Now, the Owl on the Pussycat went to sea in a beautiful pea-green boat. They took some honey and plenty of money wrapped up in a five-pound note. The owl owl looked looked up up at the stars above and sang to a small guitar. Oh, lovely pussy, oh, pussy, my love. What a beautiful pussy you are. You are, you are. What a beautiful pussy. Pussy said to the owl, Ooh, you owl. Elegant flower, how charmingly sweet you sing. Mm. Oh, let us be married so long we have carried, but what shall we do for a ring? They sailed away for a year and a day to the land where the buggy tree grows. <laughs> and there in the wood...
0: It is indeed a pleasure to welcome back to our MGM Theater of the Air tonight a young man whom you Maxwell House listeners have voted your favorite dramatic actor on this program, my good friend, Robert Taylor. <laughs> Bob will appear with a young lady who's played with him before in our theater, the charming and personable Miss Rita Johnson. Our stars appear tonight in a fictitious playlist directed by MGM's producer, Edgar Selwyn and especially written for this program by Carlos Del Prado and adapted by Don Milo. The title, Rendezvous at Dawn. Music, Meredith, please. It is spring, the time when eager proprietors of the many sidewalk cafes, which characteristically dot the streets of all European cities, begin to rub their hands enthusiastically. Oh, with spring comes romance and with romance business at the cafe royale occupying their favorite table are eric Rapinard, played by robert taylor and vilma duro played by rita johnson they are young and gay yet strangely wise wise perhaps because their very lives often depend upon their wits For eric and vilma serve their beloved country in its most dangerous and thankless capacity they are five <laughs> Everything was all right, madame, missus?
4: A lovely lunch, Philip. Thank
0: you, madame. That'll be all, Philip, thank you. Thank
4: <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: You know, darling, Philip reminds me of that funny little waiter in Trieste. That was where I met you, if you remember.
4: Of course I remember.
0: He insisted we change our table because we couldn't see the moon.
4: It was a glorious moon.
0: It was a glorious night. Our first together. I've often wondered what we ate, you know. <laughs> when I'm with you, I never know what I eat oh, or drink. Oh, darling. Well, can you blame me? It's enough to confuse anyone. The fragrance of lilacs in the air... Logan your you're on a trellis. And the living, breathing angel so close I can feel her enchantment stealing through my heart.
4: Oh, you always oh. say such beautiful things that I never know what to answer. Uh,
0: well, why don't you just say you love me?
4: I love you. <laughs>
0: what could be more beautiful? I love you. Three little words. So powerful that for the sound of them, men give up kingdoms, glory, honor, and... and I give you heartaches
4: danger. No, that isn't so. I ask for that, all of it. I'm proud of every moment, every sacrifice I've made for our country, but somehow I've often wondered if I'd have felt that way without you, because now that the work is almost over, I find myself wanting something more than just of a lot of excitement and intrigue. I want...
0: Uh-huh. You only want what every other woman wants? A home, protection, security? Yes,
4: darling, that's it. That's what I want. I know of a little place in Switzerland, mm-hmm. moto Mot- Mot- by the lake. We could only take a tiny cottage, dear. A
0: tiny cottage by the lake. Yes, I'd like that, too. In the evening, a log fire crackling merrily, you and my arms. Watching
4: the flames dance until we both <laughs> fall fast asleep. Oh, I've dreamt to that, Eric. Oh, how I've dreamt to yeah. it.
0: I've thought of those things, too, Wilma. I want you to have them. And after tonight, if everything goes well, you can.
4: After tonight? Hmm. Then you get the order. What do we do?
0: Well, you... You see, they've, they've decided not to wait. Eric,
4: and... you mean the capital?
0: Yes. The trouble there last week brought on a crisis. Franz Bulig and I have been ordered to make the final Franz move.
4: Franz But why not me?
0: <laughs> Those things we never know, dear. That isn't
4: so, Eric. We've always worked together. we saved each other's lives time and again. Why, then, is it Franz instead of me? I told you I don't know
0: them. I get my but orders. You do I know I...
4: you're just trying to protect me. You asked for Franz, didn't you? Oh, now, didn't darling.
0: you? Now, darling, You're please. afraid,
4: Eric. You're afraid something will happen. Oh, darling, don't you know I wouldn't mind any danger so long as we're together. Please, please let me go with you. Vilma,
0: we've asked so much of fate, you and I. We've been awfully lucky. This time we might not be so lucky. Perhaps our just asking for me alone won't be too much. Oh,
4: Eric, I can't let you go. I can't. Stop it,
0: Vilma. The girl I love has courage. She doesn't know fear.
4: Not for myself, darling. To die is one thing, but to lose you and go on living, that's another but I couldn't stand. I like, suppose you fail.
0: <laughs> I won't fail. I've too much to live for. A toast then. A toast to tomorrow. And to Mr. and Mrs. Eric Rapinov. In the tiny cottage at Montreux.
4: Yes, darling. to Mr. and Mrs. Eric Rapid. Yes, madame, I just asked again. No messages. Please, madame, you've had nothing all day. Try just a cup of tea. Yes. All right, Marina, just set it there. I'll drink it later. See you, it is. Yes, madame. Quickly. Yes, madame. Quickly. yes madame. Quickly. Where's your mistress? Come in, Mala. Yes, you ma'am. may go, Marina. Yes, okay. Mala, What's wrong? Oh, you're
0: hurt. No. No, I'm all right. You must get away from here to once. Something's
4: gone wrong. What is it?
0: Well, after Eric and France left last night, we learned our plans were known. Oh. I tried to head them off, but I ran into a detachment of soldiers. I was wounded in escape. What
4: happened to Eric, don't you know? No,
0: he was due back this morning, and there's been no word. But
4: isn't there some way you can Wilma, find out?
0: I promised Eric I'd look after you if anything happened. That's why I came. You are suspected. Even now, the soldiers may be on their way here. We've got to leave at once.
4: Don't you understand? I can't go. I promised Eric I'd wait.
0: Down there on the street.
4: They're watching the house.
0: Now, then, do you believe me? I'll have to take a chance for the back way. Hurry, every moment no, counts. No,
4: no, I can't go. We... We would
0: have been married today. Vilma, I've risked my life to come here only because I promised Eric to see that you were taken care of. Now, are you coming with me, or will I have to carry you? Leave me alone, can't you? Open the
2: door. Come on. please, put me down. I won't go. Oh, help Open the door.
0: Five years have passed. And today, Eric Rapinow failed to return to Vilma Dureau. Years which have weighed heavily on the imprisoned Eric. For little news from the outside world has reached him. Once a new prisoner brought news that a General August Renar had married a woman thought to be Vilma. With this tormenting thought constantly in mind, Eric joins two fellow prisoners in a desperate plan for escape. After spending months working at the bars of their tiny cell window, an opportunity finally presents itself. It is night hopefully, desperately, the prisoners lay their final plan. The new guard takes over on the hour. You know what to do. Yes, yes. Now remember, the guard's name is Bond. I remember. We mustn't fail. Fail? After five years in this hell, we can't fail. I wonder what a glass of wine will taste like. It's been so long, I can't remember. Wine. Ah, and real food again. And music. That's what I want most, to hear music. Wine. Music. That's what you want, is it? Compared to what I want, there's nothing. I hope you find her, Eric. To hear her voice again, to hold it in my arms—that's more than wine or music. That's ecstasy. Shh. Here comes the guard. Remember. Uh, uh, help! Who is it? What is wrong? Oh, I'm sick. Uh, what's the matter? Uh, here are the keys. The door. Quick, we'll drag him inside. Good work, man. Help me with these boots. Put on it, too, Gary. Hurry. I'm in short. Now, follow me. Come on. Listen. What's that? We must have found Bunk. Come on. We'll have to run for it. Hey, there, guard. Any prisoners passing away? Come on. There's the border. I can see the lights from here. Thank God. Can you make it, Max? Of course he can. We're almost there. Yes. Almost there. Well, let's hurry while it's still dark. Yes, it'll be easier to slip through. Wait a minute. What's that? There's, there's someone coming up the road. Hmm. Looks like a peasant with his cart. That's good. I'll question him. Take no risk, Eric. Careful. Don't worry. I'll handle him. Stay there, my good fellow. A word with you. What is it I can do for you, monsieur? Well, uh, we're strangers about. How's the road at the border? Difficult to get through? Not tonight, monsieur. The soldiers are mostly all at the old castle. And we're in luck. (laughs) It's a fine way to neglect their duty. And what is it at the castle that interests them so? I don't rightly know, monsieur. Every year there's a big to-do at this time. It is said General Auguste Rignard celebrates his wedding anniversary. Rignard? That was the name. Of... Thank you, my good man. That will be all. Oh, glad to be of service to you, miss. Come, Eric. We're losing time. Let's make the best of our good fortune. Oh, you, you and Max go ahead. I'll, uh, I'll join you later. Why, Eric? What is it? His name was Rignard. It must be the same one. Don't be a fool, Eric. You can't stop now. There's freedom within your very reach. Quiet, Johann. Eric, perhaps this story wasn't true. Come on with us. Give yourself time to think. No, no, I've got to see her. Oh, but you can wait until it's safer, Eric. You wouldn't have a chance tonight with all those soldiers there. I said no. Johannes is right, Eric. Don't be too hasty. Hasty? Don't you realize I've waited five years for this? Now I must see her. Tonight. May I wish you another year of happiness, Constance?
4: Thank you. You're very kind. That everything bores her. She is beautiful, though. No wonder the general married her.
0: May I have the honor of this dance contest? No, thank you. Not even one waltz?
4: I'm sorry, I don't know you. Are you sure? Quite sure.
0: Perhaps if I hold my hand over my beard.
4: <gasps> Eric.
0: Shall we dance? Oh,
4: yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Eric, I can't believe it. It can't be you. Why not? But you've changed, so. Your face. Even your voice. Five
0: years, Belma.
4: Oh, five years. Oh, Eric, you shouldn't have come here. It's dangerous. Nothing
0: could keep me. Not another day, another moment. Hear your voice. Feel the touch of your hand. I had to come. It's
4: wild. It's crazy. It's
0: everything I've thought about for five years. Oh,
4: darling, hold me closer. Eric, those officers, they're staring.
0: Because you're so beautiful. But they're looking at you. Because they're green with envy. Oh, Eric... Nothing unusual. The handsomest couple on but the floor. But
4: they recognize you.
0: <laughs> it's barely possible if you
4: didn't. Eric, you must go immediately. What if I finish this walk? We'll dance over towards the entrance. You can slip out some way. I... I'll meet you tomorrow. I'll come to you anywhere. I promise. Only, please go before they catch you. No.
0: You, really, you mean. really mean that, don't you? Of
4: course I do. I mean about
0: tomorrow. You really would come to me, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't. No matter where I were. Yes,
4: dear, now please go. No, no, not yet, darling. don't you realize the danger? I
0: only realize how long I've waited for this moment. Oh,
4: darling, darling, you don't know what it's been like. Not even knowing if you were alive, just waiting and praying and waiting. And the news of two spies had been shot. One was Franz Buellich. I knew he was working with you. It was usual mystery about the other one.
0: And you thought it was me, thought I was dead.
4: Yes, what else could I think?
0: Yeah, I was dead. All these years I know that now. Yes. And now it's it's like living again. Darling. <laughs> remember this wolf?
4: Yes. Cafe Royale. Yes. A little table under a lilac.
0: Tree. <laughs> you do remember.
4: Two people very much in love planning their tomorrow. Their tomorrow
0: that never came. <laughs> Funny, isn't it, how the music brings it all back?
4: Every word, every thought, every look. Oh, darling. Hold me closer. Tell me it isn't a dream. Tell me you've really come back.
0: Yes, I've come back. I, Eric Rappinaugh. They'll hear you. Everyone's looking this way. I can't, I can't see them. I don't even know they exist. All I know is I'm back and you're in my arms and we're alive again. It
4: stands out in the terrace, the two of us together. Just
0: like the Royale? Yes.
4: There might even be a lilac tree.
0: What out there?
4: Why not?
0: I don't know. Well, here we are. Shall we go out? Yes.
4: Almost sunrise. Not a soul out here but us. Uh... No, not a soul. What's the matter, dear? Uh, nothing, going. Eric. Out. Eric. Those shadows in the courtyard there mm-hmm. against the wall. They'll probably Lana. No, feet. look. Look, they're soldiers. Are they? Now, you just imagine. Oh, Eric, you shouldn't have come here. We must be mad, both of us. You could be walking down those stairs and facing mm-hmm. a firing squad if anyone knew. Oh, I
0: think of that now. Because we're
4: fools, risking your life for one waltz.
0: The best gamble I ever made. One
4: mustn't anymore, darling. Why
0: not? We always took chances, didn't we?
4: That's what made life so thrilling.
0: Paris, London, Budapest, Cairo. Wherever we were, we took chances. And we always knew that someday there'd be a blindfold, a cigarette, and a firing squad.
4: Stop it, Eric. Don't say any more. I'm <laughs> sorry, I don't... Oh, Eric, what are we doing? We're out of our heads. But, oh, it's so wonderful to be together. Everything's wonderful. Look, even the sky is glorious. <laughs> See, the dawn is just beginning to break.
0: Yes, uh, we'd better go back.
4: Go back? Where?
0: Well, you're your husband, and I... You know
4: I can't do that. I married him because I thought you were dead. He knows that, too. You told him? I told him I'd been in love once, that I could never love anyone again. He wanted me anyway, and... But why talk of what's past? It's tomorrow we must think about... Tomorrow? Yes.
0: It's almost sunrise now. Well,
4: today, then, we'll go to Motra by the lake. Remember, darling, that's the place I always wanted for our honeymoon. Yes. We won't let anyone keep us away from it now. No. There won't be any more secret missions, no. no last-minute orders to keep us apart. No, darling. Just you and I. And the tiny
0: cottage by the lake. Yes. Ma. Oh, there you are, my dear. I've been looking for you. I'm
4: so sorry, I didn't realize. Oh, Auguste, may I present, monsieur...
0: I believe I know. Eric Rapinard. General. Oh. Almost sunrise, monsieur Rapinard. Yes, general, I know. Thank you, madame, for your kindness. Good night. Au revoir. Good night, madame. Now, my dear, shall we go in? Oh. Uh, Yes. Tell me, what did you think of Monsieur Rapinard?
4: Oh, a very good dancer.
0: What else?
4: He seemed a perfect gentleman. What else is there?
0: Aren't you curious?
4: I don't understand. Didn't he tell you? No. What are you trying to say?
0: Well, my dear... Monsieur Rappinard just paid us a very original compliment. Really? Yes. As you know, Eric Rapinard, besides being a, a gentleman, happens to be a very dangerous spy. He was to be shot this morning. And as his last request, he asked for one waltz with the most beautiful woman in all Europe. I could hardly assume, could I? Shall we we dance, my dear? Of the innumerable glorious melodies that Jerome Kern has given to the world, Mr. Kern's own favorite is Old Man Rivers which, like the lyrics of the song itself, seems destined to just keep rolling on forever. Tony Martin sings this old showboat favorite for you, Friends of Maxwell House.
1: Dockey's all work on the Mississippi Dockey's all work while the white folks play Calling those boats from the dawn to sunset Getting no rest till the judgment day don't look up and don't look down, you don't just make the white horse frown. Bend your knee and bow your head and pull that rope until you're dead. Let me go away from the Mississippi, let me go away from the white man's horse. Show me that stream called the River Jordan. That's the old stream that I long to cross. Old Man River, that old Man River, he must know something, but don't say nothing. He just keeps rolling. He just keeps rolling along. He just keeps
2: rolling along.
1: He don't plant haters. He don't plant cotton. And them that plant them is soon forgotten. But old man, River, he just keeps rolling along.
0: Bob, Bob, how would you like me to help me make a test? I'd be glad to, Warren. What's the idea? Well, I want to demonstrate to every woman listening in how she can be sure of getting her money's worth when she buys coffee. Well, how are you going to do that? First, smell this unopened can of Maxwell House coffee. Okay. Can't smell a thing. Well, now, smell this package of coffee. Mm-hmm. Mmm. it smells great. Sure it does. But that's flavor you'll never get in a cup. You see... The reason coffee flavor escapes is because the container the coffee is packed in isn't airtight. Scientific tests reveal that coffee, whether ground or in the whole bean, starts to lose flavor the moment it's roasted. In fact, ground coffee packed in ordinary containers where air can get at it loses as much as 45% of its flavor, nearly half, in only nine days. But with Maxwell House, the coffee is taken fresh and fragrant from the roasting ovens and packed in a super-vacuum can from which all air is first removed. Then this famous blue super-vacuum can is sealed under vacuum to keep the air out. Thus, no air can get in, no flavor can get out. So Maxwell House comes to you not just days fresh, but roaster fresh. Try the new and improved Maxwell House. Not only has the blend now been further enriched, but due to the radiant roast process, which roasts each bean all the way through you'll get ever so much more of the true flavor of the coffee. You'll find it far richer, smoother, and more delicious than ever before. Ask your grocer for the new and improved Maxwell House in the familiar blue super vacuum can, the one way known to science to keep coffee truly fresh. form of parlor entertainment much in favor during the holidays. Anything to do with quiz or puzzles is a game that everybody plays. If you're really in the mood for riddles, here's a question I would like to raise. What makes the world go round, the breezes blow, the roses grow. The crickets crick and the dogs bow-wow. The clocks tick-tick and the cats meow. I know, uh, Rinky Young,
3: I know. notes
0: quiet am singing. Huh?
3: Oh, is that what it is?
0: <laughs> what makes the world go round? The rivers flow, the roosters crow. The whistles blow and the cowbells ring. It may be snowing, but you think it's spring. I know. Mr. Young, I know. Quiet. It's oh,
2: all because you want somebody's favor can life becomes the force of a different
0: flavor Meredith, what makes the world go round? Why, melodies, Bob, and fine harmonies. A stirring march or a minor strain. Some happy song or a love refrain. Mr. Wilkins,
3: I know.
0: Quiet, Snooks. Frank, what makes the world go round? Why, perhaps a good smoke or a little joke. <laughs> and, of course, a lovely lady, a pretty face, a table for two in some quiet place. Wow! How about you, Bob Taylor? Well, I'll take my ranch, horse to ride, my boots and my hunting gun, a nice big campfire beneath the sky. That's my idea of fun. Tony, What makes the world go round? Bob, a song to sing or a tune to swing? A fine arrangement or maybe a good part to play? Maxwell House Coffee and Alice Faye. That (laughs) ain't it, Mr. Martin. I know. Oh, Snooks, will you please be quiet? (laughs) Oh, what are you crying for?
3: You won't let me say what I know, and I know what makes the world go round.
0: All right, Snooks. What makes the world go round?
3: Well being kind to Christmas time and giving to the poor. Like I learned at Sunday school, live by the golden rule, love your mommy and daddy, and be good to all your friends. Be honest, good will to men. <laughs> you see? I know.
0: Uh, Meredith, excuse me a moment. I I think we ought to take a hint from Snooks and wish all our friends a Merry Christmas. Well, I'd like to wish them all a Merry Christmas, too. And so would I. Count me in on that. What about you, Rita? Well, I
4: certainly would like to wish everybody a Merry
0: Christmas. Uh, beg pardon, Bob, but uh, right about here, don't you think it would be a nice thing if everybody wished our friends a Merry Christmas? <laughs> oh, Meredith, where have you been? That's what we've been talking about, but, uh, we don't know how to do it. Well, why don't you sing it? Now, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> all <laughs> right, everybody ready? Yeah. yeah. Here it goes.
1: Merry
2: Christmas, everyone, from, from to you, and you, and you.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, be with us next Thursday and tell your friends about our big New Year's show. Wallace Beery and Robert Taylor and Mervyn Leroy's new MGM thrilling and exciting drama, Stand Up and Fight. We'll also have with us charming Florence Rice, Douglas MacPhail, Fanny Bright, Hanley Stafford, Frank Morgan, Meredith Wilson, and Robert Young. A special guest will be NBC's sports announcer and commentator of news of the day, Bill Stern. Take it, Bob Young. There's one Christmas treat you can give your family. Take them to see MGM's grand-new picture, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. They will never stop thanking you for taking them. And now speaking for the Metro-Golden-Mare studios and our entire Good News staff, may I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Echoing the thoughts of every true American who participated in the celebration of Rededication Day, the very best we can wish for you is that this Christmas and every Christmas find you happier and even more proud that you are an American living in America. Merry Christmas and good night. This is Warren Hull saying goodnight and wishing each and every one a very Merry Christmas for Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
1: K.L. K.L.